Anyway, podcast back for another episode. Frankie C is here with us. What up, big dog? What is happening? We have a missing submarine. We do. That is it. That's that's the whole that's the whole show. It's a one topic show because there is so much to this one topic, including the latest on how the search and rescue is going. This might be um, the first one topic show I think we've ever done. It's a big one. We've got past lawsuits, facts and information about the submarine itself, facts and information on who's on board. We have an idiot stepson. And no, we're not just talking about the Blink-182 concert tweet. There's another tweet to tell another you about. One. It's a lot. Okay, it's, I'm not aware of all this. I, I don't know what to expect here. Exactly. Oh. Expect the unexpected. That, my friend. Is a podcast. I guess. Mm-hmm. If you say so. Also, I'm dying. Um, yeah, you, you don't. Uh, you've looked better. We're fighting through it. Michael Jordan flu game. I'm here for it. Right. I'm here for it. Uh, and I got to hear about Janine has a migraine. Give me a break. I'm half dead. I'm here. Yeah. Migraine. People missing, Janine. You guys are falling apart. Um, all right. Let's just start going through everything. There is so much ridiculousness here, Frankie C. All right. So to, for people who don't know, this is a tour submarine that takes that literally takes you down to the Titanic, right? The wreck of the Titanic. Correct. Which is very far down. Which I didn't even know they did tours of the time i didn't know yeah. the people i thought that was like a very rare not that many people can get down there because it's so far down kind of thing correct these are all that correct is, facts these are all, oh okay these are all correct and when you say they're they offer tours like it sounds like and i think most people's impression of this a couple of days ago was oh this is like a legitimate tour company with serious submarines that go to uh, no none of that None of that. This is like a renegade millionaire who built a submarine haphazardly. He used, I kid you not, a video game controller to control the submarine. That's not good. Which we knew, but I got more about um, to bring people down there. It only fits five people. There are terrible, awful conditions. Lord knows what they have, what they're dealing with right now, if they're still alive. We believe at the moment of our broadcast here that there's a roughly 12 hours of oxygen left in the vessel. Oh. Um, and there's search and rescue on the way. Here's the good news. They do actually have a vessel that can go down there to see what's happening. Good news, part A. Good news. Hope so, because if... Because if some guy, I mean, how, how old is this company that some guy was able to build a submarine and go down there? You would think search and rescue would be leagues ahead of that guy. Nope. No, because there's not really. He built, you know, think of it as think of it as somebody who built like think of it as Elon Musk, right? He's going to yeah. build a rocket ship that gets to Mars eventually. And. There's that's going to be the vehicle that can get to Mars. There's not going to be any other vehicle that can get to Mars to help that first vehicle if something should go wrong. That's kind of what this guy has done. He's like, oh, I figured out a way to do this. 
and we're doing it, and that is where it ends. There's been no what if but something I, goes I wrong. Feel like if, we've seen footage of the wreck of Titan uh, down at the bottom of the ocean. You have unmanned yeah. unmanned cameras, kind correct? Of thing? Yeah. Yes, that's how James Cameron did it. He there were unmanned yeah. robots that are going down there. So he okay. So good news part A. Yeah. There is a there is a vessel that can go down and look around to see what's happening. Good news part B. There is a ship from the U.S. Navy with a crane and a cable that could theoretically pull this thing up. That's um, there is another vessel that has come from the French government, which is there and has finally made it on scene and is helping and assisting with the rescue efforts. So it is possible. I mean, I mean, you're talking about in the next five minutes, if they find this frigging thing, could they pull it up and and these people still be alive? Theoretically, yes. Right. Realistically, probably not, because the area in which they are searching is so vast and also so ridiculously deep that it's needle in a haystack. You know, you're really talking about needle in a haystack. Oh, man. So I don't know when search and rescue becomes just search. Um, right. I'm sure they. I heard uh, that they're the. They have to talk with the families about when to give up, the, when to stop the searching, and so when it just becomes uh, when they stop the rescue mission, yeah, uh, and stop looking, and then when it becomes just a like a recovery kind of a thing. Um, so there's families that are of these people that are involved, and God knows when. I mean, I, again, you got the oxygen to consider. How much oxygen is left over? Are they in an? Are they underwater? Are they on floating on top of the water? Are they just in, out in the middle of the? You know. Yeah. Well, so all that we're gonna get to, and the idiot stepson on this episode. Interesting fact: they did find something floating in the ocean, and of course they did their due diligence on that, and it turned out to just be debris, which is something that the Coast Guard said there during their press conference uh, earlier today, which is there's just stuff floating out there. It's the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's just stuff. It's tons of stuff. Right, it's like space. You go out, you leave, you leave the Earth. There's going to be space debris from stuff we've done all floating around the Earth. It's just garbage that that's in the in the ocean from us. Exactly, just tons of garbage. And there's also so the other big lead that they're they're following is they've heard tapping and noise that was right. that they believe to be coordinated. Where it's like every thirty minutes there was like some tapping noise, some noise in the ocean. But the Coast Guard also said there's there's shit in the ocean that makes noise, you know. Yeah. So is this a coordinated 30-minute noise-making thing from the people on the ship? Who knows? But they have they've moved their search into the noise area. Right. So where the noise is happening, that's where they are, and that's where they're they're searching at the moment. So um you think they'd be like, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm no expert, but heat signatures, you know, that kind of thing, infrared, you know, look for a small space, a small area with with a heat signature of some kind, five people in one spot. I'm sure the ocean, you know, they're in a, if they're in a capsule that's closed off, it's cold ocean, hot, but I'm sure they would show up, you know, on some kind of, yeah, you know, if you get the right spot, you'd see uh, some kind of heat signature. I, I would imagine. 
It's just the problem is it's just so it's just deep. It's so cute. It's a huge area and it's deep. And you can't see, I'm sure it's murky and you probably can't physically see 10 feet in front of you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're, I mean, you're, you're basically talking about an oversized coffin, essentially, at the end of the day, is what you're in because it's not huge. Like people, the guys, you sit, you have to sit like, you know, crouch down or crisscross applesauce. To, to be in the vessel. That's it. Right. Um, all right. So a couple of interesting facts about that. There is a toilet on the vessel. The captain's chair where there's like, uh, there's, so it's picture. It's like um, the submarine, you've seen it, right? And at the end, there's a glass window. Mm. So you could see out. And in that seat, there is a toilet. I don't know what kind of a toilet we're talking about here. It obviously doesn't flush to go anywhere. There is a place where you can go to the bathroom. It's probably a, a tank that fills up or something. Probably a tank. Yeah. And then there, so there's that curvature part. And then there's like a sil- cylindrical part where you sit. And then there's sort of like this tail, which has the vessels, electronics, and their oxygen tanks. Right. So that's where everything kind of sits in that, in that area. So do we know how uh, this thing, we know how it was lost? Like they, someone was keeping track of it and then they just lost track of it? Somehow? Yeah, so how it works is that, that there's a boat that goes above it right? that, that stays in contact. You ready for this? Uh-oh. Via text message because you can't, you know, um, and the, the, the owner, this, the, the pilot, he uses, I swear to you, a Logitech video game controller that goes for anywhere between $45 and $60, depending on where you buy it, to that control is. this submarine that goes down into the depths of, of the ocean, down to one of the deepest parts of the ocean that humans could get to. Built by a billionaire, right? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I don't know if he's a billionaire. There are two. There are two billionaires on board because that's the other part of this, dude. I got thrill seeker information. You talk about like what rich people do with their. It's insane. The thrill seeking. I. I mean, I get some of it, but this seems like I know hindsight and everything. You know, twenty twenty, but a small thing like that. I feel like once I took take a look inside. I feel like wasn't there a guy who was supposed to go on it, or and he looked at it and he was like, "Nope." Yep, yep I got that guy too. Yeah. He's friends with with Hamish, one of the billionaires that's on board. He he pulled out of it. Yeah, because if you take one, the the steering is like you said, like a video game controller. What do you, what do you talk? You know, I'm sorry. That's I don't know. I maybe I'm, I don't know how many trips. How many trips does this guy did this thing take? Did it, this wasn't its first voyage, right? Correct. It wasn't its first voyage, but not nearly enough. And, you know, the, I mean, the idea of, well, all right. So keep this in mind. <clears throat> if they're still alive, 
right? Yeah. They might not have electricity, right? Right. They might be sitting in utter pitch blackness. Picture five people together in a tiny space. The the thing is only the the walls are five inches thick on the walls. Like you said, it's cold ocean, so they're cold. It's only 22 feet long, but the, the space that they're in literally only fits like four or five people. There's a kid in there, okay? They're obviously panicking. They're worried. Um, I read this thing that was uh, from a stress expert that says, you know, when you panic and you worry, your body starts to break. You, you can throw up. You can pee yourself, diarrhea, like all sorts of things happening. Who knows what the bodily functions are down there and what sort of situations. It's like if you're just sitting in puke and vomit and, and you know. God knows and, what's going on in there. Yeah, yeah they, who knows what's going on in there. It's pitch black. You know, the oxygen is thinning. Um, it just could be an absolute nightmare scenario. Like, I mean, could you imagine just sitting there? No. I can't imagine sitting in that thing, like, if it's on land. It just doesn't seem like a, a thing I would want to sit inside of. I, right. Now, put this thing at the bottom of the... No, that's that's a scary, scary situation. Yeah, ridiculously scary situation. All right, let, let me just... Like, let's just go with... Like, we'll just go in order. Um, a German adventurer who explored the Titanic wreckage on the submarine is speaking to the media. Uh, his name is Arthur Lobel. He's 60 years old. He told a German outlet that he was incredibly lucky back then. And he described the ride on the submarine as a suicide mission. Um, he went on the, the submarine in August of 2021, dove down over 12,000 feet to the famous wreck. Um, it cost him $110,000. Uh, with him was French Titanic expert Paul Henry Nargalot, who's 73 years old. Stockton Rush, who's the Ocean Gate CEO, the guy who drives the thing on the joystick. Um, they, they and three other passengers went down there. He says, quote, it was a suicide mission back then. The first submarine didn't work. Then a dive at 1600 meters had to be abandoned. Lobel explained that the they ended up launching five hours late due to electrical issues, which he suspects is to blame for the Titan's crew's current predicament. Not only that, but right before the voyage, the bracket of the stabilization tube, which balances the sub, tore and had to be reattached with zip ties. Uh, zip ties. No. Again, Back to what you said in the beginning. Oh, is it, we all went through the same thing of like, oh, this must be like a major. Because not in your wildest dreams would you imagine that somebody would undertake this with not the proper equipment, training, background, years of experience, all this crazy stuff. They're like, I don't know, zip tie it. This sounds like my grandfather was on board. Yeah, zip ties at, uh, how, what is it, 12,000 feet down? 12,000 feet. No. Uh, Literally, this was my grandfather. Masking yeah. tape or zip ties could fix anything. That was his theory on life, like whatever it was. I remember when I got a rip on my school pants, he said, give that to me. I go, Grandpa, I didn't know you can sew. He turned the pants inside out and put a piece of masking tape on it, flipped it back around again, and the, the rip was like together. All right. That, that's, 
that's that's something you can't argue with it it was it was you can't argue with the results i guess but exactly uh, but i wouldn't be like grandpa let's start a submarine company and go yeah. into the deepest part of the ocean let's build our own submarine and and go look at the titanic i mean that's something that professional diving you know, nobody's been able to like what makes you think you can build something that i mean he's he did it a few times but again this guy that was on it said it's a suicide mission right he went down there he's he yeah. worked on his voyage, right? But you're you're on to something. What do you what makes you think that you it, exactly? Like just the idea of this guy's got a lot of money and some experience with this, it that does not give him the right to do this. Like, you know, it's just it's absurd. You're going to slap your head for the rest of this episode with all this the rest of the stuff I have to tell you. I you know, I didn't even know this before this story. I didn't even know people were making trips down there. I thought it was, well, I thought there was a few, but I thought it was like Discovery Channel guy with like the best equipment. Right. Like maybe only a handful of people have ever gone down there. I've seen, you know, the the video of like, you know, you see the, the wreck from like the, uh, the bow of the ship and everything. You see all this fo- video footage of it at the bottom. But I thought it was like going to the moon. Only a few people have done it. And it was so far down. That's why we can't get, we can't bring the ship back up because it's so far at the bottom of the ocean. Um, so I thought this was like it's down there, but not a lot of people can get down. I didn't know there was a, a guy doing tours of this thing <laughs> that people were going down there on a regular basis. How many times has this thing been down there? Enough that they're like, I don't know. Can we zip tie it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, zip ties, dude. What's that? What's that fucking tape that they have? Masking what? Robin says gorilla tape. No, yeah, not gorilla tape, Robin. What's the other guy? They remember they paint the bottom of the boat with the stuff. Oh, Flex Seal. Flex Seal. Yeah. I mean, it worked on a screen door, a screen door boat, <laughs> but I don't know about a submarine. This submarine was sponsored by Flex Seal, I think. This fucking thing. Mm-mm. <laughs> The fucking oh. flex seal. The flex seal people were probably considering a partnership. Like I don't know, this we'll just paint it with flex seal. Should be fine. Not uh, a big deal. Yeah, not a good idea. We got a problem. What do you need, boss? Uh, the zip ties or the flex seal? You tell me. I'll be right yeah, over. You get in here and take a look. <laughs> Twelve thousand feet down. I mean, you got to. <sighs> Because in our minds, we're all expecting Perillo tours, right? There's, there's got to be a full uh, service operation. Got to be experts and the only, manuals would, and yeah, safety uh, procedures and to all me, kinds this of this sounded like an excursion like that you would pay, you know, thousands of dollars for at a legitimate science, you know, a company that knows what they're doing. And it would be a vessel that was like the best, you know, submarine that, that you could ever like the military grade kind of thing. But no, this is some guy slapped some stuff together like in his garage or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, utter craziness. It's, un- it's unbelievable. And I mean, I hope these people get out of there and they, they find them and they're okay. But this thing, I, I can't imagine what the repercussions. I mean, uh, yes, you bring them up, everybody's okay. But what happens to this guy? Who made this thing? 
Oh, he is so. Oh, well, I got a part. I got a story for that too. Got a story for that. Okay. Yeah, let's finish with Mr. Lobel here. Um, he said the cram conditions on board weren't exactly reassuring, saying, "Quote: You need strong nerves. You mustn't be claustrophobic, and you have to be able to sit cross-legged for ten hours." Mm-hmm. Um, during one of the dives, he even touched down aboard the ill-fated cruise liner. However, out of all the Daredevil's adventures, flying over Russia in a MiG-29 fighter plane and visiting both the North and South Poles, Lobel says the Titan expeditions were the, quote, most extreme. So he flew over Russia in a MiG-29 fighter plane. He's been to the North Pole. He's been to the South Pole. Getting on this submarine, he described as the most extreme thing that he's ever done. I could see that because... People go to the North Pole and the South Pole. I wouldn't say on a regular basis, but it's not unheard of. It's not impossible. People fly in these in planes like that all the time. Uh, you know, going down to twelve thousand feet under under the water into the North Atlantic Ocean to see the Titanic in a bathtub. I mean, you're not gonna. I'm sorry. Even if, I would be shitting myself if I was in like a military sub. If I was in a submarine with the U.S. Army sticker on it, I'd be like, uh, I'm still terrified right now. Yeah. This thing, I, I don't even know how anybody got the nerve up to get into this thing. Um, now, he said that there was no toilet on board. Reports that we have now with that there was. So they they must have, in between August of 2021 and now, they must have put some Tupperware on there that catches, you know, because it's 10 hours. I mean, I don't even know how you, could you imagine not peeing for 10 hours and just sitting in one spot, like just with your legs crossed or, you know, in a, in that, I can't sit still for, I'm I'm fidgeting right now. I can't sit still for five minutes. I was just gonna say, if you're over 35, I dare you to sit crisscross applesauce for more than an hour and a half in the comfort of your own home. You probably can't do it. Yeah, I mean, you go to uh, tweet. You go to like a, a I sat at a nice hockey game, but like, you know, you go to like like these, like a regular rink, not like a, a an arena or anything. And you have those metal seats. You sit on those. My back is gone in five minutes, and that's in a, a just in a cold, the cold itself. Just sitting on a metal cold thing would kill your back. This you're right. in the freezing cold of the Atlantic, right? And I, I, uh, they, I can't imagine the conditions that they're in right now. And it's just dark and just awful. So just to give you a little background on the, the CEO of this, uh, this uh, outfit, Stockton Rush, he's 61 years old. Um, their story came out today that he didn't hire. So he said, so a lot of other companies hire ex-military, Navy, right? People who have experience doing these things. He says that he didn't want to do that. Um, this is a quote from a, from a Zoom interview that he did. When I started the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they typically have gentlemen who are ex-military submariners. You'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to pursue marine technology, but a 25-year-old 
uh, you know, who's a sub pilot or a platform operator or one of our techs can be inspirational. So he believed that 50 year old white guys with experience, ex submarine people, not inspirational enough. He wanted to hire young 20 year olds. What does yeah. that tell you about yeah. the character of a person? Yeah, a two year old would be super inspirational, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not right. going to I'm not going to make the two year old pilot the thing. You want someone that knows what the hell they're doing. You know, uh, yeah, a 20 something year old pilot, super inspirational. But if they don't know what they're doing, then I don't want them driving me down to the, to the Titanic. Right. Sorry. Uh, give me the give me the 50, 60 year old guy that's that's done this 10,000 times. But in this interview, he acted like they're he he saw himself. And this is the problem with people, too. I think everybody thinks they're Elon Musk. I think yeah. everybody with a little bit of scratch together thinks I'm I'm, you know, the explorer. He thought he was reaching new new heights. He's not inspiring people. He's doing all this like crazy shit and he's fucking zip tying his submarine together. I mean, this guy is fucking delusional with, with a video game controller for the how what do you, I'm sorry. I just it uh, now of course hindsight, but that is even the ships on the on the surface of the water are put together. You don't you don't see that kind of you know you don't see that kind of this thing has to make it down twelve thousand feet, yeah. And withstand the pressure for an extended period of time, be able to move and be able to contact the surface. I mean, I don't think this guy went through all the safety precautions necessary. No. We alluded to this last episode, but I got some more information on it. This is not the first time this vessel has gone missing. Um. One of Ocean Gate's previous Titanic expeditions, who had CBS News correspondent David Pogue on it, had gotten lost for several hours because there is no GPS underwater. Um, David Pogue, who was along for the ride, uh, recapped his journey. If you want, just search David Pogue, CBS, you'll see all that stuff. Uh, company officials were criticized for waiting eight hours after they lost communication with the Titan to alert authorities about the missing vessel on Sunday. The entire journey to the shipwreck was only supposed to take 10 hours. So they wait. So for eight hours, they had no communication with the vessel. And then they decided, oh, maybe we should call somebody. Now it's time to, to alert. Yeah. Like, like, and that's the problem in, in the ocean with currents. That thing could, where that thing could drift and go to in eight hours. Yeah. But they found it that first, that obviously that first time. I mean, was it underwater? Was it at the surface? Well, the first time that, yeah, the first time they found it. I, I think it was just an electrical thing. David Pope was saying it was an electronic breakdown the fir that first time. This time, we, we still, obviously, we still don't know what happened. Right. Um, and they say that anybody can control the sub. Like, he would just, like, give it to people. and They could, like, steer the sub for a little while on, on the controller. Oh, my God. Again, you don't see Steve Perillo being like, hey, who wants to come up here and drive the old boat? Huh? No. Wants He's to fly the plane to the it. remote Italian island. Who wants to do it? Mm -mm. Fucking oh, thank unbelievable. You. Oh, God. Um, you talked I, about this. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. No, no, no. Go ahead. You talked about this before. The guy who passed on going. Yeah. Digital marketing tycoon Chris Brown. He's 61 years old. He told the son that he had paid $10,000, a $10,000 deposit for the trip, along with his friend Hamish Harding, who is currently on board. Uh, but that he pulled out over fears that they were, quote, cutting too many corners. 
And the idea that the submarine was run with a $40 video game controller was too concerning. Yeah. Yeah. He said, and I quote, I found out they used old scaffolding poles for the sub's ballast, and its controls were based on a computer game style controllers. It alarmed him when he saw how the Ocean Gates 21-foot submarine was made up of off-the-shelf components, meaning anybody could buy this stuff. Like, you would think if you're building this sort of a device, you would have to create custom, you know, yeah. equipment to make it all run right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin building a submarine. You know, what parts you would need. It sounds like this guy went to Home Depot and got whatever he can get, is what this guy's saying. Right. I mean... That that's unbelievable. Now, with concerns of ballast, I mean, that's just weight for the sub. So, look, what was it? Uh, scaffolding parts. Yes. I mean, he's just that's just weight. Um, so I don't know if that served any function other than just providing weight. But still, then when you see like just parts of a scaffolding at the bottom of your, no, no, I I would want it to be look like one piece. I wouldn't get into, you know, again, I'm not, I don't know what I would be looking for when I approached a submarine that's going to go see the Titanic, but I feel like there would be a certain level of professional looking. Yeah. Here's a bad example. You've been on cruises, right? Right. You've paid for excursions. Sure. Haven't there been a couple where you're like, "Mm, not so sure about this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How reputable is this? Yeah, what what are we doing here? <laughs> well, then you get the ones that's like, hey, you know the the eighty dollar excursion that's that's uh, sponsored and backed by the cruise line, and you're like, yeah, they're like, we found one for forty dollars, and you just got to no. take your own taxi into town to get it. Do you want to come? And you're like, no, nope, I'll no, pay I the don't. eighty. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> pay the eighty, I think. I'll pay one sixty, whatever you want. But as they don't go to the says- real parts of the waterfall. Yeah, no, good, fine. I could, I'll see. I'll, I'll go with World parts. Caribbean. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I trust Carnival and what they think is an appropriate distance to be at. Yeah, I'm not Jack Sparrow. I'm not going to be, you know, <laughs> running along the shore looking for sh- buried treasure. Give me the give me the the touristy thing I I I can go to. Um so Chris Brown said that he and Harding agreed to go on the voyage after having quote a few beers while partying on Sir Richard Branson's private Necker Island, N-E-C-K-E-R, Necker Island. Like I have a little nasally. I need to just clarify that. Um, in 2016, I asked for a refund after being less than convinced. I emailed them saying I'm no longer able to go on this thing, uh, fearing this thing. that they were cutting too many quarters. They both paid a 10% deposit on the trip, which was then charging $100,000, but has since risen to $250,000. You know, zip ties are expensive, Frank. That's what people don't take into That's account. Where, what do you think? I mean, where do you think all that money's going? Yeah. Like Home Depot's raised their prices across the board, so. So I'm saying, I mean, the controllers don't come with the game, the extra controllers. You got to right. buy that second one. And batteries and what they cost now to run that controller, I mean, your mm. things, are, things are adding up. Uh, it's just, I can't. I mean, I feel really terrible for these people that are in this thing. But, I mean, this guy lucked out. The guy that didn't go on this thing. I mean, he, he what? They were sitting there and they drank and they were convincing themselves to go on it. Right? Yeah. You said? Frankie, see, do a, can you do a live? What? I lost, I lost you. Do a live read for me for the book, uh, Oval. Oh, okay. 
Sponsor of uh, our episode, big man. Yes, the sponsor of our episode is the wonderful book Oval, O-V-E-L, written by my wonderful wife, Erin. Erin Campanella, she uh, wrote this book. It's it's an amazing book, amazing story. Uh, check it out. It's on. It's available on Amazon. The link, there's there's the book right there. Anthony's holding it up. Boom. Uh, the, the link is in the description, I believe. And uh, it it's is all amazing. about a group of teenagers who get lost on the bottom of the ocean looking for the Titanic. Is that not? No, it's not. Oh, it's not what it is. Right. No, it is yeah, about a group of teenagers, though. It's about a group of a kid that, yeah, they start out as kids, like nine or 10 years old. It's in the book that they're all different, a couple of different ages. And then they, it follows them along their lives till they're in their late 30s, 40s, around there. Uh, all the different adventures they have and coming back to the island, going back and forth at this place. Uh, now, want to there are a couple of reviews on Amazon. I want to want to thank Louise Neal who left a great review on the Amazon page. You can check that out. Uh, so there's two ways you could download a digital copy of Oval uh, right there, or you could uh, buy the physical copy that Anthony's holding up. Uh, we got a lot of great reviews about it so far, and uh, we're excited about it. Mercury Oval Oval for the table. Yes, very good. A little old for the table. I love it. I'm actually going to uh, flex seal a bunch of these together and go on a voyage this this summer. Is that going to be your ballast? <laughs> I'm excited about it. Yeah, okay. it's going to be good. Congratulations to uh, yes. Aaron on a wonderful accomplishment. Amazing job she did uh, writing this book. And we're very proud, very excited that it's out and available for people to, to, to purchase right now. So take a look at it uh, at the link. Pick up your copy. Oh, uh, by the way, if you bought the copy, I think we said the first, first or second day, June first or second, and you're waiting on your personalized video, we're, we're working on that. Well, we should have it uh, in a couple weeks. We are working on it. We haven't forgotten. And if it, and if you buy the copy in the month of June, we will send you a personalized autographed, you know, thank you, yes, uh, letter, and uh, just. You got to email us your a copy of your receipt, just which you can still get, by the way, June twenty one. Well, you can still get yeah, that. Plenty of time. Get that First note. Day of summer. Get that note. Um, how weird is it? I mean, you and I have been friends for a long time. Could you imagine, like, because the, these two guys put this deposit on this trip, and one guy was like, "This is crazy. I'm not going." And then the other guy's like, oh, "I'm still going." And now he's the guy who's stuck in this this friggin' summer. Like, I can't imagine what this guy must be going through, being like, "Yeah, you- there's there's got to be some guilt. You couldn't talk your friend out of it. Why why are you here? They're not kind of thing." Oh, I'm sure there's always that there's a that survivor's guilt that that happens. I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure obviously he's grateful he didn't go on it, but I'm sure he's terrified for his friend, um, which I can't even imagine how anybody who knows anybody on this thing how they're feeling right now and i can't yeah. imagine how the people on the thing are feeling that, that that's got to be a nightmare situation again pitch black you got a kid on there bowel pitch movements black, freezing it's got to be ice cold down there oxygen's kind of thinning out i i was saying to uh friends of mine earlier i go what do you think that's like i mean is it i would imagine that as you get to the end of oxygen do you just kind of lay down are you breathing heavy or is it the kind of thing where you just kind of drift off to sleep after because i would imagine you're going through the range of emotions there's probably screaming and panic 
There's probably calming and reassuring. There's probably crying and hysteria. Like I would imagine they're, they're just cycling through all the emotions. But when right. you get down to the ends, when that oxygen is really starting to go low and you're feeling it, what is that like? Like does, does calm just kind of take over? Do you drift off to sleep so. and that's the end of it? What happens? I don't, I don't know. Cause uh, you're, it would, the problem would be obviously you're running out of oxygen, but you're also now breathing in carbon dioxide because I don't think it's just a matter of there's nothing left. It's not like you're in a, in a vacuum and you, you know, I think it's, you're exchanging your, your oxygen for carbon dioxide. So now you're, you're breathing in carbon dioxide. So it's more of an asphyxiation kind of thing. Is that painful? Is it panic inducing? I don't, I mean, I'm not, I, I you know, you're not an expert. I know. I'm just, we're just yeah, exactly. here wondering. I, I'm not sure. I hope not. I hope it's, you know, if, if God forbid, uh, they can't get rescued in time. I hope it's like, like you said, just like a pass out kind of thing. You know, well, that's, what's crazy. I mean, if they do wind up finding this thing and again, like I said, it's got, it literally got to be in the next couple hours, the amount of time just to get it, to pull it back up to the surface is going to be because I think about this too. The 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 one the vessel that can go down there mm. with a camera and explore around that could bring a a cord uh, uh, or a cable um, to, to you'd have to you now you have to that vessel. Let's say they find it right now, right? Mm. The next two minutes we get thing. They found the thing. Now you have to figure out a way to get this robotic vessel into a position to hook it onto something onto this way overweight thing to grab it, to pull it. Uh, I mean, you're talking yeah, about my, my guess would be just a huge cable crane hook situation and just reel it in like a fish. Just like, if, but I'm saying like to just to find it and then go, okay, we found it. This is it. We have to figure out a way to get this hook off of this robotic thing around onto that somewhere, which God, hopefully it's not something that's being held together by a zip tie and, and attach it and get right. like, I mean, we're talking about, oh, it's pro I'm sure they have, obviously, I'm sure they know the layout of the, of the vessel that they're looking for. So they know, I don't I'm know sure if they, they have do. a Well, they know what it looks like. I'm sure they know what people, it looks like. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. So they know my guess would be that they have a plan once they find it what they're going to do to get it up to the surface i'm sure that they're not going in there looking to find it and then they'll go all right we'll figure it out when we find it i'm sure there's people sitting there going all right this is the equipment we have to bring this thing up this is what the vessel looks like once we find it and it's at the bottom of the ocean this is what we're going to do to get it back up to the surface i i mean i can't imagine that they wouldn't be prepared like they don't have ships going right now, sitting on the ocean, circling around, waiting to to jump into action once they find this thing. Yeah. And someone in the in the chat, uh, Trista Delaney, why can't they use sonar? I think they, maybe, I'm sure they are. They are. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're pinging around looking for stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff at the bottom of the ocean, and I'm sure they probably started around or near the titanic like the, the wreck i'm sure they started there and they're probably just expanding from there maybe uh, or the, wherever they last you know heard from it well it's so far out right it's like 900 miles off of a coast so you're talking about 
quite a trip and a journey before you even get to remotely where you need to be to start looking. Right. So think about that. I mean, it's not like somebody just got lost off the coast. Yeah. It's not easy to, you know, it's just in a place that's hard to get to. Number one, the sheer mechanics of organizing this is unbelievable. Yeah. And number two, you know, because you have to get all the right vessels out in the middle of nowhere to get to this thing to start looking for it. Right. Once you start looking, what kind of equipment do you have out there to look for it? Like my, my guess, I would have, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they've got some kind of heat. So they're, they're looking around with infrared. Everything. They got buoys that hear the sound. Like they, they have, yeah. they're throwing everything they have on it. What fish are, are cold, cold blooded, I would imagine. So everything down there is going to be blue and cold. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you pick up a little heat signature, five people in a ship, you know, in a vessel. But again, the, the place they're looking is so vast that it's it's got to be a nightmare. Plus, you're working against the clock. You got nighttime. You know, I'm sure they're up against a million obstacles. I'm sure it's not the calmest of seas. Yeah. Robin says giant magnet. I'd love. We should get in touch with the Acme giant company. Magnet. See if we got a big little magnet around. Oh, they have those. You know, those. You ever see those? Uh, I've only seen them in movies, but those huge magnets that they use at like junkyards to pick up like a, those cars and everything i'm sure mm. i'm sure there's they thought of everything whatever's maybe that's what the you know i assumed the i'm gonna look into i gotta in my notes I, I i assumed it was a hook of some sort maybe it is a huge magnet i don't know i wouldn't risk a magnet because you know how a magnet is really strong until you slide it <clears throat> true not a fan of that yeah i feel like hook or some kind of like you know, cr like a crane claw kind of thing to grab it and just hold it. Uh, great point from Haywood. Tethers can get snagged too. It's the truth. Like you, just because you, again, when you think about all the things that are lining up against them. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. I mean, imagine the imagine the, the, the mission. Go into the middle of the ocean and find a ship that has no, that's just, not functioning anymore it's probably at the bottom of the i mean finding it on the surface is hard enough good i was just gonna say good but when a ship loses communication and then they have to find it that's hard enough yeah just on the surface alone, that's on the surface. Hard. now you got to look at the bottom of the ocean yeah pitch black i mean yeah you got the technology to 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 look for maybe infrared or sonar but it's huge you know you're, you're talking about an enormous amount of uh space to cover Larissa, imagine those families in court. Interesting that you would say that because our next point is the liability here. I mean, on top of the fact that Stockton Rush is dead, um, his company is super screwed because one of the people who made this trip uh, gave an interview and they said the uh, the waiver that they had to sign was like you know it was a it was a book on its own the way that they had to sign but what a lot of the legal experts are saying is is that if they can show reckless behavior if an op here i'll read the quote from uh this is from nora freeman engstrom a law professor at stanford university if an operator behaves recklessly most courts will not let the operator off the hook no matter if there was a waiver signed or not yeah i would imagine that's that's correct because no waiver is going to it's not like in the waiver it would say, you know, the the operator of the of the vehicle is going to behave recklessly. You're all right with that? It's like the waiver's probably not going to say that. So you can't account for that kind of behavior. 
right? Because the waiver too is an agreement between two parties, and and you're you're expecting that party to hold up their end of the bargain. And if they're being reckless, they're not holding up their end of the bargain, which is why a lot of times you see these these waivers being getting tossed out. Right, and a, a lot, yeah, you're right, and also the waivers I think protect against you know things that acts of god yeah things you couldn't see coming that kind of this is if you get into a thing and it's faulty you you've got a case you know right someone's got to be held accountable and it's not you because you said ah i signed this waiver so i don't care if screws are missing on this thing i'm sure you want to get into something that's safe there are people there are ways like yeah bird says waivers can be bypassed in lawsuits yeah that's the truth i I don't think waivers are as uh, tight you know airtight ironclad yeah ironclad so i think they help with little things here or there like if you you break your toe or going bungee jumping or something but something like this would be a huge thing it would be huge um so all right so here's the latest there is here's the latest of what's going on um Technip FMC, which is a publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange company, has sent one of its pipeline vessels to help in the search and rescue mission that's going on right now. The company's vessel called the Deep Energy started doing remotely operated vehicle ROV operations on Tuesday in the area where the U.S. Coast Guard and others are searching for the Ocean Gate uh, Ocean Gate Titan submersive, according to a press release. It has reached the scene the same it reached the scene on Tuesday and they're roaming around with that thing right now. Um the US Coast Guard says that more equipment and personnel are en route as officials raced against the clock. Following assets are on its way. Um let me see here. Uh all right, a bunch of vessels. If I I just realized if I read these all out to you, it would mean nothing. Um Deep sea experts worry that the banging is optimistic. Um, Dr. Jeff Carson, professor of earth and environmental sciences at Syracuse University. Yeah, we didn't realize this. Your your brother is a earth science teacher in high school. Should we have had him on as an expert? I mean, and he also yeah, he also teaches marine biology as well. See, so I didn't um, even know that. Yeah. That sounds I mean, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's no earth and environmental science professor emeritus. Is he a high school teacher emeritus? I, I don't, I'm not sure what that is. Mm. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure I just made it up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, Dr. Jeff Carson says uh, he worries that the efforts to triangulate the location of the unidentified sounds picked up in the search and rescue crews on Tuesday and Wednesday could take too long and divert resources to the wrong place if the source turns out to be something other than the trapped crew members banging on the hull of the ship. So that was an interesting idea. So they were looking where they thought, you know, like where they lost communication, yeah. where they thought it would be. Now they're going where the sound is. Is that maybe pulling them away from? Away. Yeah. I mean, how much I, I would, <clears throat> excuse me. I would imagine how much, re, how many resources do they have? I mean, do they have teams where they can afford to split split up and go to this is where we're looking you guys follow the the noise we'll be over here the answer to that is no no because they literally like i said it there is one vessel that exists that can roam look and see and hook up the tether to the u.s navy ship that could pull it up that is it 
You got one of those. That's there's one combination of those two vessels. That's it. How could there only uh, this guy built this out of nothing, and we and the the reg, the rest of the world we only have one thing. Nobody's built something else that can go down that far, unmanned or not. Because here's the next thing you're wondering: Isn't there some sort of licensing thing that I have to qualify for in order to start? A con- and the answer to that is mm, no. Mm-hmm. So if I just build a plane in my backyard, I could just give air tours around Long Island. That's different. You now you're talking about FAA. There are regulatory agencies in place for that, but not for the ocean. Not for the ocean. Also, outer space. I'm pretty sure that nobody really t- tested Elon to see if his company is real. And like, how do you? What would? What do you do? How do you do that? You just you don't. Nothing really exists. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, their airspace, you know, is over. When you get out to international waters, that's the that's where you get into the problems with. You don't have, you know, what laws are you abiding by? It's, right. Which country's laws? Same thing with space. You know, which country's laws are now are you operating under? Um, so yeah, that's that's where you run into some murky situations. So, but. Where was this sailing out of? Do we know? Where, where, where was it where, sailing out of? Yeah, where was this thing? Um, That's a great question. I think, I want to say Canada. Okay, so this... Because guy, Newfoundland is like right there. Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, Newfoundland, it's all right there. So that's where, it came, that's where this thing came from? Uh, yes, I, I'm assuming so. That's where it's coming from. All right. So I'm sure to operate a tour of any kind right a tour company mm-hmm. especially on the water if you, you have to adhere to canadian law right it wouldn't, i'm wouldn't sure there's vessel some, have, i'm sure yeah. your vessel would have to operate under some kind of standards in order to be seaworthy if your port is a place that has those kind of you know i feel like canada would have a ton of nautical laws i mean that's their bread and butter for the most but, part Again, I don't like it's not like it's an airline or, you know, something that is like, oh, okay, you're going to do this. Well, then how there's like, here's a massive amount of regulations that you must. It just that doesn't exist. It just doesn't that infrastructure for this kind of a thing doesn't exist because there's not a lot of wackadoos that would literally go. I know I'm going to build a submarine in my backyard. Granted, it's a millionaire's backyard, but still, I'm going to build a submarine in my backyard. I'm going to start taking people on tours. It's not like that's something that thousands of people are trying to do that would would trigger some sort of regulatory administration, you know? Right. Yeah. There's no uh, run for this kind of thing that they would have to put those laws into place. I'm sure they probably, this company probably adheres to the laws about ships that stay on top of the water. Right, they but might nothing. they might have an insurance certificate to to do tours on the water. Right. They might have that, but but I'm sure none. Probably you're right. Probably doesn't even exist to do tours twelve thousand feet down in the middle of the ocean. No, oh, who's crazy enough to do this shit? Yeah, um, I find this interesting that Hamish Harding, who is the one of the one of two billionaires on board, which we'll go into more on him in a moment. Like- if your name is Hamish, you're you're a billionaire. Yeah, you're a billionaire. And you're a daring one at that. Yeah. You know, you don't get through life as a Hamish without having to fight your way through it a little bit. Exactly. Um, he is part of an 
Explorers Club that includes whatever. What? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That includes. I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sit. No. What did you say? No, I I think it's Hamish. Oh, Hamish. Uh, Okay. Uh, Hamish. That uh, he's part of an international society of adventurers that includes Jeff Bezos, Buzz Aldrin, and veteran explorer Josh Gates. Okay. Um, Hamish is known for his exploratory escapades across the globe. He's a founding member of the board of trustees of the Explorers Club. A resident of Dubai, he also chairs the club's Middle East chapter. Like, I used to think this idea of rich people just off in the wilderness doing weird, crazy, ritualistic shit was just made up malarkey. Like in movies, like they just... Yeah. Yeah. There's the secret society and they all meet, you know, wearing togas in, in remote forest locations. Right. But honestly, I now I feel like that's mostly, that's pretty, pretty real. It's because they got, what do they, they don't have to work. They got billions of dollars. They're going to do some weird, crazy shit. They have, they can't get turned on by, you know, like, and the, like, hunting humans like all these crazy stories we read you know these books and fiction mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is all it's all real like there's all it, it exists out there and, and a couple of things have formulated this opinion this right. a little bit but that fucking army hammer remember army hammer was like eating people and all kinds of like hey he's got his I, fucking yeah. his family is from shit tons of money crazy rich people I just think that they these they just get bored with life and they're hunting humans and they're fucking putting their lives in jeopardy on weird coffins with zip ties and flex seal. Because what do you do? You get billions of dollars. You own everything you, you could ever want. Yeah. And then at, at some point when you're 60 something, you're going to go, hey, I might as well see what's going on in the Titanic, I guess. Right. I've looked everywhere. I've been everywhere else. I've been on safaris I like this guy. He's been to the North Pole, the South Pole, flying in these crazy planes. I mean, I'm sure after this, he's probably going to do the. He, uh, there, I'm, there are a bunch of people, I'm sure, that have their hat in the ring to be the first. You know, uh, in a few years, they're going to send civilians to space to, to, you know, to do tours up there, I'm sure. These are the crazy bastards that are going to be the, yeah, the first ones online. Yep. They already have the connections. They already got the line to Elon. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. It is. It's crazy. Too much, too much time and too much money on their hands. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, my International Adventurers Club has a meeting. What? What? What are you part of? What are you part of? Yeah, we're meeting at the base of this cliff where avalanches <laughs> are known to happen every 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, 2022 promotional video from Ocean Gate Expeditions, uh, the company behind the the sub, features testimonials from previous explorers, including one who notably describes when the submarine landed on the seabed, kicking up sediment. Mm -hmm. Said, we landed on the seabed, saw a little mist of sediment come up. It was quite a feeling because we knew that we were close to an object that we had come down on an almost perfect descent the entire dive. So this thing is literally hitting the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, that's 
It's not like it's just like scanning. Oh, there, there's the Titanic down there. You guys can see. No, it is like, it's like there it is. Yeah, it's probably going right up to it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing next weekend? Oh, next weekend, my International Explorers Club is having a Middle East, our Middle East chapter is having a bake sale. Yeah, it's going to be nice. It's going to be great. Yeah. Let's keep it at low key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, veteran explorer Josh Gates, also part of the International Explorers Club. He hosts a TV series investigating myths and legends around the world, revealed on Twitter today that the missing Ocean Gate sub did not perform well when he went on a dive aboard the vessel himself. Uh, Gates, who hosts Expedition Unknown on Discovery, had gone with Stockton Rush, uh, who is now among the five missing, on a test dive before the vehicle's first visit to the Titanic site. They were going to document like like film a documentary on it they nixed it over safety concerns when the documentary people are like i think this is dangerous yeah and these people documentary people put themselves into some crazy crazy situations yeah this and then when they go nope not doing this mm-hmm. you might you might want to second think that that trip you might want to think about that yeah you might want to just go oh yeah. Wait, the people who put themselves in danger all the time, they're not going? Oh, I don't see why that should bother us. What's what's the big deal? Yeah, we should be fine. Yeah. Get some fucking get pack that flex seal up and let's and get moving. Yeah. Oh, by the way, next week our uh our ex- exploration club just having a book club. We're just we're just going to stay in next week. We're not doing much. <laughs> Wait, what are we doing in July? Book club. <laughs> like hanging off the side of an airplane reading a book? No, no, no. No, no we're no, just no. going to but it's a scary book. <laughs> it's a scary book. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Is it Gulliver's Travels at least? Because if it's not about explore, I'm not fucking... Well, I'm just, not... Just, show, just bring a dish. We're asking everyone to bring a dish. <laughs> it's a potluck. So, potluck is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, This is a photo that the U.S. Coast Guard just released of the search area for the missing... Uh, vessel. This is aerial footage showing a Bahamian research vehicle, Deep Energy, helping the search. The missing. Uh, let me see here. Yeah. So this is one of the. This is one of the the rate. I, I don't know if you can kind of see it. Let me put it up on big on the screen for everybody. You can kind of see they've got a lot of sonar and radar. Those big white globes up at the front. You can land a helicopter on there, obviously. Right. As you can see, so they yeah, got that some. Looks, that looks like a. I think that might do a good job. The problem is, you see this and you start to feel a little better about it, and you really you can't. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't. It's still not a great situation. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a, you know, if you want any ship to, to look for you, this looks like a good one to have, but even then, still not a great situation. Still not a great situation. Uh, let's get to the idiot stepson because this this idiot, for lack of a better term, is an idiot. He's an idiot. So, um, the stepson of the billionaire who made news—I don't know if it was Sunday, Monday—he made news that he attended the Blink One Eighty Two concert. Right. This jackass posted a picture of himself. I mean, and he looks like a fuck face idiot like he really looks like a dope 
Like who was the idiot? Who was the one in in um, the golf movie? Which golf movie? No, 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 no. With uh, Ronnie Dane. No, 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 uh, no. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah. Who was the nephew in that fucking? Oh, Spalding. Spalding. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. This is a like real life Spalding. This piece of shit. Um, his name is. He's uh, got a weird last name. S Z A S Z. Zaz. Z A S Z. Zaz, I guess. Brian Zaz. He looks like a huge jerk off. So he goes to a Blink-182 concert on Monday, and then he posts about it and and says, you know, you know, keep my family in prayer. All the, but he's like, you know, oh, how to go to the Blink-182 concert. Like a fucking idiot, right? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like, no one's expecting the kid to, 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 you know, to join the search or anything, but you don't, you don't brag that you're having a, a wonderful time. Right. Okay, I get that you're going to the fucking Blink-182 show, for the love of God. Don't fucking post about it, you jackass. Yeah, no good. Bad what do you got to fucking put it online for? That's a bad It's a bad look, buddy. So fucking stupid. And it's not even the worst thing that he has done. I'm waiting. I didn't hear about that. I heard about the Blink-182 thing. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the worst thing? All right, so the Blink-182 thing is Monday, right? Right. Yeah. Today, uh, an OnlyFans model tweeted out a picture of her rear end, and the caption is, can I sit on you? And Brian quote tweeted, yes, please, with smiley face next to it. Today. Today. The entire world is captivated by his missing stepfather. Yeah. And this jackass is fucking tweeting with OnlyFans models. I mean, yeah, it's not great. Um, this guy obviously doesn't like his stepfather. I don't know if he gives a shit or if he's just an idiot. I don't know either, but I mean, clearly, clearly, this is Spal- this is Spalding in real life. Yeah, it's fucking. We get nothing in like it. <laughs> I want want a cheeseburger. No, no, a hot dog. I want a Coke. No, I up. There he is. The OnlyFans model. Can I sit on you? And he responds, yes, please. Uh, What a dickhead. Yeah, this guy's a a douche. With a capital bag. Gleben's got the best thing. What a chad. He's a fucking chad. That's exactly the definition of a chad. Yeah. What a idiot piece of shit! This is his stepfather. I'm sure his his mom is probably beside herself. Can I be honest with you out. too? I mean, not even to be insensitive at a time like this. OnlyFans model ain't even that hot. She's kind of like a crackhead, got a crackhead looking thing going on. Maybe that's what he's into. Maybe that's what he's into. And I I I am going to guess some photoshopping happening here too, because this is a very thin. That's a very thin waist and a very large ass. That's a possibility. It's not adding up here. I see. I see Kim Kardashian work at play here. Oh no! Uh, a person on online photoshopped their their picture. Never heard of that happening. <laughs> well, 
while the world is trying to find this guy's stepdad, he's trying to fucking find somebody to nut to on OnlyFans. So I guess we're all contributing in different ways. Everybody grieves in their own way. Um, <laughs> but again, the, 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 the mother's got to be, you know, flipping out right now. Her husband is lost under, you know, God knows where. You'd think you'd be, you know, by her side, anything. Yeah. Now I'm going to go to Blink-182 and chat with OnlyFans models. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? Come on, man. Um, best estimates put them at anywhere from 10 to 12 hours of oxygen left. How much? 10 to 12 hours? Yeah, right now at the moment, 10 to 12 hours of oxygen. Like, best estimates. If they I'm haven't... Kind of, I'm kind of... If they haven't not used Not impressed, but shocked that they have... That they started out with that much oxygen. That's all... You know, they went down there with how much they started out with two two days worth. It was like ninety six out. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. That's like more than they had on like Apollo thirteen. They they were they ran out of oxygen on that thing pretty quickly. Yeah. Then again, they had a leak on that thing. But this that's a long that's ninety six hours of oxygen on that vessel. That's that seems like a lot, but still, it's a great point by you. It is an awfully. Um caring safety feature to have on a vessel which otherwise seems to have none right like we better we better have nine times the amount of oxygen we need you know it seems like a really cautious an incredibly precautionary safety step to take for something that has got scotch tape on it right and like we said earlier it's it's not it's yeah there's lack of oxygen oxygen's running out but also it's the fact that that carbon dioxide is building up. So not only is there the oxygen going levels going down, the carbon dioxide is going up. So you're breathing in uh, toxic air. Right. So that's not good. Uh, Will's got a great point here. And if you were probably left out of a will, you'd be talking to OnlyFans girls too. <laughs> that's not a bad, bad that's point. That's a good point. He's got yeah. you there, buddy. He's probably like, fuck that asshole. I'm... <laughs> He fucking cut me out of the well. Yeah, this guy gone. sucks anyway. Yeah. yeah, you know we we didn't we didn't think of that. Maybe this kid had a bad does not like his his stepfather. You know, they mm. could have he could have hated him for some reason. Yeah, maybe he doesn't give a shit. Maybe he doesn't. You know, coming back around on on Spalding now. But then again, you know, there's a couple of other innocent people in that thing that you should probably. Maybe yeah. Think about. Uh, bowling for bowling with cotton balls brings up a good point. Ninety six hours for one single person at three thousand feet is different, not for five at twelve thousand feet. It's true. Um, a Joso deadly CO two mentioned my name. There you go, buddy. Uh, yes. Well, that uh, that's Frank said that we said it earlier on on the podcast. It, you're you're breathing in toxic. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's the same problem they had on Apollo thirteen. The, the right the scrubber. Or, you know, the thing that when you breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide, the, the thing that filtered out the carbon dioxide from where you are, that broke on the Apollo 13. So there were no choice but to breathe in carbon dioxide. This thing, I doubt, had a filtration. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if it had a exchange system of, you know, scrubbing out carbon dioxide. When you breathed out, I don't think it did, but maybe it did. I don't know. But either way, not a good situation with only ten, a dozen or so hours left of oxygen. But again, I wonder, and I don't know if anybody really knows this, because I don't know if you could observe somebody, but is it like, like all right, if somebody 
turns the car on in the garage, does the old hose from the muffler into the car. And it, it, it's always like a quiet sleep. And I realize that's carbon well, that's monoxide. monoxide. I realize that. But I wonder, is this the same thing? Or is it more of like a struggle kind of panic-inducing? I don't, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, do you give up hope after like a two-day, like, is there a strange calmness to it all where, you know, you realize that screaming and banging is not doing anything and everybody just lay down and, you know, God I don't know. What's going on? Like, if, if best case, they're all in there and they're surviving and... I mean, obviously, the best thing to do would be to be as calm as possible so you're not using up the oxygen faster. Um, and, you know, keep banging on the thing. Maybe that's, that's a great way to, to do it. You know, to get, if you have no other way of communication, communicating from the outside, um, with the outside world, banging on the side is the, probably the best thing to do. I would keep it not regular you know instead of just going maybe just you know change it up every now and then so it doesn't sound like a something that could occur you know like a wind hitting something you know keep it so like it's like you know like very irregular that's right. what i would do and then plus you got again you got to keep everybody as calm as possible if you're planning on getting out of this thing you keep everybody as calm as possible so they breathe less oxygen at a slower rate and that's the only thing you can do at this point there's no way if you can't they said they can't you can't open the thing from inside right no you can't you know no even if even you if could I, the pressure the pressure you right, wouldn't be exactly. able to push it open anyway wouldn't be able to exactly um stacy says i did hear today that it had a carbon dioxide scrubber here's the other thing when we were talking about this on monday we were calling it the polar prince this is how little information is out there on this vessel like again it's not like oh there was a, a navy ship missing well right. here's the here's everything we know about the navy it's all yeah. this plant without the schematics are online somewhere exactly exactly you just don't you just flat out don't know um gleeman says there is a, i'm sorry go ahead no you go even if there is a scrubber on on this thing the one, yeah, let's say best case scenario, the scrubber is on the thing, and chances are it's probably not functioning if there's no electricity anymore. So best case, let's say it is working, you still have the oxygen ticking time bomb of you know people not being able to to get out of there within 10 or 12 hours. You know, you got, you're running out of oxygen, even if the scrubber is working. Right. Uh, Gleben says it's a slow sleeping kind of a poisoning CO2 shuts down the brain then slowly everything goes but yeah you lose consciousness first and then everything shuts down yeah I would imagine so and again we do I don't think we really know the type I the, I don't there's theories I think we know but we don't really know what happens when there's when you're 12,000 feet down what how that changes does it you know, cold conditions, does it restrict the, like, does it make the, does, does 96 hours of oxygen really become 48 hours of oxygen, you know, like, because of the, the, what, the coldness or whatever? I don't know. Do, you know, we don't I, really know. I'm not sure, but I, I, be, I think the amount of oxygen is the amount of oxygen. But the difference might be if you're cold, 
then how you're breathing, I'm sure the pattern, the amount that you're, or the, the, the speed at which you're breathing, like if you're, if you're hyperventilating or if you're really breathing too quickly, you could use up the oxygen faster. Um, so again, staying calm, I'm sure they're, if it's cold, I'm sure they're all huddling together for warmth. Um, do you kill Stockton rush right off the bat for putting you in this situation or do you keep him because he knows the most about the thing? That's a tough call. I mean, I feel like anybody could figure out the thing. I mean, it doesn't look that it doesn't seem from what we understand that if you could operate it with a video game joystick, it doesn't seem like it would be that complicated a thing. Yeah. Plus, it's not moving, working. So, what is he going to figure out? Mm. Yeah, hypothermia. They got. Yeah, there's a lot to worry about down there. Let's start. Uh, all right, conspiracy theories obviously going to be abound. Oh, I don't. I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory. It is being reported by some legitimate outlets that Stockton Rush's wife, Wendy Rush, is who is the communications director for the company, is a great grandchild of Isidore and Ida Strauss, who were, were on the Titanic. Who were on the Titanic? That they, I think, I might be getting the names wrong, but I think you remember the movie, The Titanic, or Titanic, the old couple that the old yeah. couple. That's yes. supposed to be them. Yes. In fact, there is a monument for, uh, I believe, Isidore. Mm-hmm. There's a monument in Manhattan on Broadway somewhere up in the hundreds mm-hmm. uh, with. Um, well, what's the so then what's the conspiracy theory? Well, I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory per se, but it's kind of it's it's bizarre. Well, I mean, it might be bizarre, but I mean, you have their life is obviously revolving around the Titanic, so it's not like they ventured too. You know what I mean? It's right. These the the, the Strausses obviously died on the Titanic, but if their ancestors you know survived somehow, and they are their livelihood revolves around the Titanic, that doesn't seem too far fetched. I guess so. I guess when you say it like that, but it, it, it's strange when you think of it of like her great, great her grandparent, great grandparents, and now her husband both died in the same exact spot that's at a remote weird. location yeah. in the ocean. That'll give you, you know, that's a little bizarre. Yep. Do you even sleep? I mean, if you're like Hamish's wife or you're this this woman, like, do you sleep? What is it like to Where be in that? Th- I I wouldn't I don't know where where would she be like is she probably not probably she's probably not in the on the ships with the search parties or anything right or you think she's, maybe I can't imagine she's home just sitting around being home I would imagine I if it were me you know I'd be down to you know headquarters like where what are we doing let's let's get everybody we can you know right know. let's get let's get everybody on this yeah yeah. I don't, I don't know, know but sleep. Yeah, like what do you? Like eventually, I'm sure exhaustion just takes over, and you just pass out for an hour or so, and you wake up with the same energy. You probably, you know, it's probably not going to be easy to sleep. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine it's easy to sleep. But that, I mean, that that's it's torturous. Yeah, it's a torturous like... situation. Um, the Canadian Armed Forces a few hours ago shared some footage of uh, 
of the aerial search that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can see there, oh, as you can't see there, because I didn't put it up on the screen yet. Boom, there you go. Okay. Here, let me go back to the beginning here. As you can see the plane up in the sky. This is support for the search of the Titan here. This is a CP-140 Aurora from the 14-wing Greenwood, Nova Scotia, providing surface search and subsurface acoustic detection, detection capabilities. So there's just like... And look, just look at the... the clouds the, the fog that i mean you, know, you think it's so easy yeah i mean that's even if the thing the thing is at the top or close to the top right which is no guarantee which chances are it's probably at the bottom right that is what what the yeah. odds are yeah they think it's on the bottom or it got stuck in something you know right you know, there's a there's a bunch of different theories on that. But I mean, we we've gone through this too with missing airliners, where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, but these airplanes and whatever only have X amount of flying time, and then it takes three hours, four hours to get to wherever we're search. You know, and then you got a you got an hour or two of search time, and then you got to fly all the way the frig back. You know, like it, well, they got to have refueling. You know, I, I would imagine once they're out there, they have vessels that they could. Because they do refuel. There are ships that refuel while in the air. There are yeah. ships you could probably land on a carrier of some kind. Uh, there are ways to, to to do that, but I don't. Again, this is a race against the clock, so I don't know how much of a jump they got on this thing. So, uh, not not much when it took them eight hours to even notify somebody that shit yeah. should have gone awry. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, the deep sea robot, the Victor Six Thousand, is. That's the vessel that we talked about. Right. Oh, the, the camera, the unmanned vessel that goes down there. Yeah. As of this afternoon, it was being rushed to the scene. Um, I believe it's there, actually. Yeah, it's it's there right now. Um, it's a 10-foot-long remote-controlled robot with a bright yellow back. The Victor 6000 has been described as a flagship device for underwater operations by the French network BMTV and is capable of reaching a depth of 20,000 feet. That's uh, this is 12,500 feet where the Titanic is. So a rescue would see the Victor 6000 accompanied by the Horizon Arctic, a powerful tug and supply ship, which has large cable, which a deep sea craft can take down with it toward the wreck of the Titanic. The Victor 6000 is equipped with a robotic arm, which can be used for dislodging the lost Titan submersible if it's discovered trapped within the Titanic wreckage, it can also attach the cable from the Horizon Arctic to the vessel to help pull it to safety. Uh, Oliver Lafort from the French state-run Ocean Oceanic Research Institute told Reuters, quote, Victor is not capable of lifting the submarine up on its own. Victor is able to do visual exploration with all the video equipment it has. It also is equipped with manipulating arms, which it could use to extricate the sub such as by sectioning cables or things that would be blocking it at the bottom. Lafort said the U S Navy reached out to request help and that, um, that, that they couldn't say no. Uh, this is the logic of seafarers. Our attitude was we are, we are close. We have to go. 
The Victor 6000 is operated by a 25-person crew on board its mothership, the Atalante, all of whom are speeding to the search or who have sped to the search site um, with the hope of pulling off a miracle. So essentially, like I said before, one, we've got one Victor 6000. We've got one naval ship with the with the big cable. That's it. They got to find it and they got one shot at it. So uh, LaFort told Rotors that we can work nonstop up to 72 hours. We don't need to stop at night. So that's the latest search effort that is going on right now. Basically, all the hopes are on the Victor 6000, the Lay Atalante, which carries the Victor and operates it, and the U.S. crane ship, the Horizon Arctic. All of all the hopes of rescuing this thing are within those three vessels' hands. Man, I mean, I mean that'd be one, it'd be one thing if they found it, like right again, right now, if they actually said we got it. Now it's a now it's a race against the clock to get the thing to the surface, or I mean, worst case, can they pump more oxygen down there? I don't know. You know, like if we can't get it to the surface fast enough, just send a hose down some way, and you know, at least until we can somehow rig something up to get you up. I don't know. Yeah, but mission number one, objective number one, is find the thing, and then. See what what condition it's in and what they can do with it. <coughs> but sorry, I don't know if you caught some of that cough. Sorry, we caught, a, we caught a bunch of it. It's all right. Sorry, we're all sick now. <laughs> uh, uh, no, so it, yeah, it's it's a terrible situation. We hope everybody's okay. It's you know you look at it and it, you want everybody to be okay. You want everybody to be found. Doesn't seem as like there's a lot of hope, but. Uh, you know, you always gotta, you always gotta have some kind of hope. Maybe, maybe a miracle will be pulled off. Maybe they'll find this thing. Everybody will be okay. I can't, I can't imagine the, the excitement. You know, if if this thing gets found, it'll be like the, it's the story of the, of you know, the century so far. Yeah, I think they will find it too. I don't know if that's today or right. ten years from now, but I think, I mean, I feel like this is part of. When you have like a sea explorer, marine explorer mentality, like just the way they found the Titanic, I think you'll have people searching for this thing for years to come until somebody finds it and they pull it out and they try to figure out what happened. Maybe, but the Titanic, you know, not for nothing, but it's a huge, huge thing. Agree. Yeah, agree. You know, to find this thing, God knows where it is. The Titanic, they had some, they had an idea of where it was. You know, and it took them a while to find it, but that's because we didn't have the technology to go looking for it until, you know, years and years later. Yeah, when did they find it? In 80, I want to say like 85, right? It's a good question. I'm not sure. And didn't it go down in the 20s? Uh, think... No, it was 1930s? 12. Oh, 12. Oh, it, it, was... it was in the teens. So 60, 18. 70 years that thing was missing. Yeah. Like you said, it was a huge ship. Yeah, let me see. They found in 1985. They found the Titanic in 1985. All right, I like Lisa here on this one. Great point. Where's the Las Vegas aliens to help out here? See, this is why we need alien technology. It's great. Good for nothing aliens. They're not doing anything. Yeah, they're not helping at all. 
Yeah, 19, April 15th, 1912 was the, when the Titanic went down. Hacker Gibson, once one person starts pooping, everyone's going to poop. Yeah, it's That's true. That's what happens. Uh, they got that, uh, supposedly there's a toilet on the thing, but God knows what kind of... Toilet. Uh, yeah, how operational or what it does. It, I'm sure it's, it's probably porta potty situation where it just... No, I don't think so. I I literally think it's a Tupperware container. That's that's my thought. Because it's not in a position. I mean, it's like there's supposedly you can slide a curtain and you could use the toilet. So I'm thinking it's got to be something that they could just seal and live with for ten hours. Oh boy, I really think it's a fucking. I don't know. Big Tupperware. There's no. There's nothing online with this. Is what the this is the thing that they're in. I'm sure there's photos of it, right? There's, there's a couple. Yeah, but like I said, most of our knowledge of this is coming from people who have been on it. Right. Again, like I said, just 48 hours ago, we were calling this thing the Polar Prince. That's how much we did not know about right. about this whole situation. Um, so, And as people are going in and digging. Uh, do you want to know about the people on board? Yeah, sure. We'll go through this quickly. Hamish, um, 58 years old, British adventurer. Runs Action Aviation, a Dubai-based private jet dealership. Um, as we said, like the other guy, Chris, he visited the South Pole multiple times. Once with Buzz Aldrin, he flew into space in 2022 aboard Blue Origin's fifth human-crewed flight. He holds three Guinness World Records, including longest time spent at full ocean depth during a dive to the deepest part of the Mariana Trench. Jeez. So he's got some experience, I guess, in these deep dives. Right. In the summer of 2022, he told Business Aviation Magazine that he grew up in Hong Kong, qualified as a pilot in the mid-1980s while studying at Cambridge, and set up his aircraft firm after making money in banking software. Jeez. This guy knows his shit. Mm-hmm. But also kind of feels like, again, I know our world is skewed. Everything is Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. But kind of the same thing. It's like, how did you become a billionaire? And they go... Oh, well, I, when I was growing up in Hong Kong and studying at Cambridge, uh, you know, I made some money in banking software. Oh, okay. Like a little vague. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of, he's British, he lives in Hong Kong, school in Cambridge. Like where? I don't know. Banking software. Like what, banking what'd you software. come up That's, with? I, I don't know. Do you want the specific, like the specific name of the program he came up with? Yeah. Like some, yeah. yeah. To me, this is Nick Papa Giorgio from Yuma, you know? Like, right, exactly. What, you know, it's fucking made up. Doesn't sound, yeah, it doesn't sound too specific. Yeah. I mean, anybody could make this shit up, you know? All right, who else we got? Uh, last weekend on Facebook, he said that the mission was likely to be the first and only one in 2023 because of poor weather conditions uh, in Newfoundland where the mission set off from. Yeah, uh -huh. Yeah, uh, I think this is probably not going to be any more of these. Well, yeah, they're definitely not. I, I don't. I don't even know if they have more of these types of vessels. As far as I know, this is the only one that this Ocean Gate has. Right. Um, Shazada and Suleiman Dawood. This is the father-son combination. Shazada is forty-eight from one of Pakistan's richest families. He was traveling with his son, Suleiman, who was a 19-year-old student. He lives with his wife, Christine, and one other child, Alana, in suburban southwest London. Um, but the family was spending a month in Canada prior to the dive. God, could you imagine? You've moved the whole family around this yeah. one thing. Jeez. 
He works with his family's Dawood Foundation, as well as the SETI Institute, S-E-T-I, a California-based research organization which searches for extraterrestrial life. Okay. You know, people, I'm, hmm, never mind. Skip. Yeah. Uh, He's a supporter of two charities founded by King Charles, the British Asian Trust, and the Prince's Trust International. Paul Henry Henry Nargalot is a former French Navy diver. He's 77 years old. Nicknamed Mr. Titanic, he has reportedly spent more time at the wreck than any other explorer and was a part of the first expedition to visit in 1987, just two years after it was found. Um, He is a director of underwater research at a company that owns the rights to the Titanic wreck. Yeah, did you know that? That there is a company that bought the rights to the Titanic? I would imagine whatever the company owned the Titanic would have the rights to that, no? Well, I think that company sold it to this this guy's company. Okay. Yeah, so that they could... Yeah. Because when you think about all the museums and I don't even know, merchandise. Sure. James Cameron had to pay fucking somebody for this shit, you know? I guess. Uh, According to a company profile, Nargalot has supervised the recovery of thousands of Titanic... Oh, that's the thing, too. Titanic artifacts. Oh, Shit sure. that's on there is incredibly valuable, especially that heart of the sea that they haven't seemed to locate yet. Well, that just got thrown over at a, uh, <laughs> recently. That was a recent loss. Um, including... lady, she she was just a liar. <laughs> um, Titanic artifacts, including the big piece, a twenty tone, a twenty T O N N E ton. Is that how you spell ton? I thought it was T O N. It's the British way. Fucking British in their bullshit. It um, would be a metric ton. Uh, 20 ton section of the boat's hull. Okay. Uh, family spokesperson Matthew Johan said he hoped Mr. Nargolot's composure and military career would reassure the crew on board, even if the outcome of the operation did not depend on him. Could you imagine, guys, calm down. I've been to this. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. be scre- you'd, be the first per- you'd be the first person to get punched in the face. I mean, but you know what? The, if you're stuck in that situation, that's probably the guy you want. The guy you want down there is that 77-year-old diver guy. I don't know yeah. what he's going to be able to do, but at least there's someone that, that, if there's any kind of chance of getting out of there, there's this guy. And finally, Stockton Rush, 61 years old, chief executive officer of Ocean Gate, the firm which runs the Titanic Voyages and the company... Um, he is an experienced engineer who has previously designed an experimental aircraft and worked on other small submersive vessels. Rush founded the company in 2009, offering customers a chance to experience deep sea travel and made global headlines in 2021 when it began offering trips to the site of the Titanic wreck. Yet, did I mention that? They only started in 2021, so it's not like they've been doing this for a really long time. But it is kind of amazing that they've been doing this for two years without incident. It's not like they go down every day, though. No, it, you know, That's for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, his company offers passengers the opportunity to get an up close glimpse of what remains of the famous ship. Participants travel some three hundred and seventy miles on a larger ship to the area above the wreck site, then do an eight-hour dive to the Titanic on a truck-sized submersible known as Titan. Speaking to the New York Times in twenty twenty-two, he defended the business model and said that the ticket price was a fraction of the cost going to space. And it's very expensive for us to get these ships and go out there. 
A 2017 feature written for the website of Princeton University, where he studied, reported Mr. Rush goes on every Ocean Gate dive. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this, uh, I would be amazed. I mean, and it would be very, it would be great if they found them, but I, I who knows? So the, again, the clock's ticking. And I just, I don't know how they're getting, how they're, that's if they they have to look everywhere too it's not just this that's the problem if it was on the surface like if you're if you're designing a submersive anything i feel like the first thing i would put on again hindsight so hindsight's 2020 would be like a button you press where something inflates and it carries you to the top you know like a like one of those rafts that just inflate and bring you up you know yeah again from what i understand because, like I said, information is sketchy. But on Monday, they said that the way that the boat, the, the way that the Titan communicated with the boat above it was through text message. Text message. It was literally through SMS text message. Which is amazing to me because I live out in the Hamptons. And if I drive four blocks from here, I there is no signal, Frank. There is no. No, I can't get in touch with any human being. And these guys are diving 12,000 feet into the ocean with a fucking horizon. Feet, how do they have any kind of signal? Just 900 miles from the coast. From anything. No idea. They're in the I don't of the know ocean. if there's, there's like an antenna or something on the boat above that Maybe is... Maybe on the boat. Yeah, I guess. No idea. But just being on that boat, I can't imagine you have a full signal being on the regular boat above. Uh, what is it? We good? Question mark. Yes. Like thumbs up. Like what do they yeah. do? What do they... We go on a cruise. We're not that far off the coast on a cruise and I have no signal. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. That, I'm sure that's that boat has you know, cruises have uh, antennas and whatever's going on there. Uh, can AOA report live from Newfoundland Friday, Frank? Can we get there in two days? And you want to go? It's almost Thursday. I'd go, but it's Frank's job to do this. But he has a fear of flying, which I don't know why we gave you that responsibility to be the on-site reporter. Something tells me you didn't want to do much traveling anyway, so. It's that, and we why. can't we can't send Janine. She'll be too busy making friends in all these weird locations. We have too many correspondents in too many places. <laughs> What's going on in the scene, Janine? Well, right now we're sharing nachos with these lovely yeah. people we met in the airport. <laughs> Great. Did you get to the scene? Not yet. We'll let you know. <laughs> Not yet. Nobody from our group is going right now, but maybe in a couple of days we'll get there. Yeah. <sighs> have you met Carl? Um, I'd love to right. go to Newfoundland. It sounds nice. You know, it sounds really nice. Um, become a member, damn it. The AOA podcast, you could support it for as low as two ninety nine a month. You get fun, exclusive behind-the-scenes content. You get some uh, little perks like merch deals and all this other stuff. If you haven't become a member yet, join right now. Link in the description down below. Like I said, for as low as two ninety nine, you can support the podcast, get some great fun content. We are going to be talking about this again moving forward. Obviously, we'll next episode, we'll have some sort of an idea of what's happening. We'll probably be into the... Hopefully, 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 search they, recovery. They they find these these poor people. Yeah, I'm not so hopeful, but hopefully the next day. Yeah, I know. But join join us because we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Uh, you know, behind the scenes, and you know, we'll we'll keep you updated with some little updates in the member area on this. Subscribe too, just a subscription. You know, hit the subscribe yeah. button, the, the like button, just like a Joso I think did this uh, episode. Let us know he subscribed. New subscriber, appreciate it. So we appreciate that. So anything you could do to help support us, Oval, we got Oval is out in, in on Amazon. 
Yep. Sponsored this episode. Book. Yep. There it is. That's Frankie's wife's book right there. Oval a novel. So you take, check that out. A lot of great reviews for it already. Uh, it's, I, I've read it twice and it's, it's a great read. So you could pick it up on Amazon. You can get the physical copy like Anthony's holding up, or you could download the, uh, the digital copy, the Kindle version. We had a whole marketing campaign around, you know, submerse yourself in oval and now yeah, that's we got to throw that out so yeah. scrap that whole fucking no good so it felt a little, a little uh, all the work yeah, yeah it just stinks um at the beginning of the episode maybe even before we got on the air frank is like one topic really and it's been 90 minutes yeah <laughs> there's a lot to it right there's a, a ton i think this is our first episode where we only had one topic and it took up the whole show because there's there's so much going on here there's a lot of information stuff I didn't even I didn't even know they were doing tours to the Titanic. I didn't think anybody could really get down there. I thought it was we go down there every once in a while because we have the best equipment in the world to get down there. But apparently uh, this has been going on for a couple of years. You're going to be Dude, a billionaire. I was I feel like this always happens, but I was in the deli getting lunch and they have like a TV on. Somebody walks in and goes is like looking at it and they go, what's this about it? What? What is a submarine missing? Like what happened? Like I'm like what? Yeah, Where have you been? been? Number one story for the last three days. Yeah, it's like taken over the entire world. Yeah, no, it's insane that. I mean, unless you're Hamish's stepson, and then you're like, you seen the OnlyFans model, right? That's that's his number one story. That's <laughs> number one story. I found a girl who likes me on OnlyFans. <laughs> We're texting right now. It's great. He's probably like, you know how much sympathy pussy I can get out of this? That's probably why he's Jeez. trolling OnlyFans so hard. Right? That's probably it. <laughs> uh, Fucking piece of shit. I, dude, we didn't even get to everything, but I can't. I mean, they're being sued. There's there's fraud lawsuits. they're being sued. Yeah, there's all sorts of crazy shit still around all of this. And maybe we'll get to it. Um, Maybe we'll get to some of it on. The, actually, we will get to some of it on the next episode. We'll we'll get to whatever else, because this is again in forty eight hours we've learned everything we've talked about on this episode. Imagine right. what we're going to learn in the next forty eight hours. Exactly, and who knows? Hey, search continues, so they might find something. They're looking in that area where the the sound, where they heard the tapping noises. So maybe something will come of that. I'm sure they have more. Uh, technology and uh, more advanced stuff than maybe even we we're aware of. So who knows? I'm sure there's there's always a chance. I, I don't know. I don't know what the odds are that they find this that this vessel, but there's always a chance. Yes, there really is. Um, thumbs up, hit the bell. Thanks, Robin, for that. Yes. Uh, I like Gleben here. Fucking. Chad Hamish. That's what we're going to call him from now Chad on. I'm not going to say Brian in his real name. We're going to call him Chad Hamish. Is Chad. Fucking Chad Hamish. Damn it. Um, how thrilling would it be if we, if they find, like, if they found this oh thing? Oh, my God. It'd be the story, Even, again, story of the century so far. It would be the story of the century, right? Yeah. yeah. Even if they found, even if in five days when you know there's no hope, if they found this thing, we'd all be like, I wonder if one of them is still like is still alive. I wonder. Like I wonder if one like we would all, like from the time they said we found it to the time that they pulled the thing up, would anybody be able to tune away from that story? Oh, absolutely not. It would be the 
it's one of those you're glued to the story to even if you're not like watching a live news coverage you're probably on twitter or whatever you're on just refreshing refreshing trying to yeah. keep up with what's going on i, I, I can i can't imagine the coverage this the, every the, everything would be covering it there, there would be nothing else going on the, nothing else and like we said stick with us because you get all the good information and some fun little jokes in between like this one from Aaron C who says blink 182 will be the poster band for the ungrateful stepsons that's there basically that's they are the band for a generation of ungrateful stepsons they're what they've been around for like 30 years and this is this, this is, is how they'll go this is what they're known for now so they're going to be remembered paul with the super chat appreciate that for 499 the empire state building's pink tonight for sex in the city priorities empire state building what the fuck? honestly who's running the empire state building chad hamish right now I mean, I mean what is going on what i mean i don't know what you know how you light it up for something like like this fucking sex in the city the world has sex stopped looking city. for the submarine and they're like carrie why would sex love in this the city i don't know why it was like the anniversary. I don't know. Paul's responsible for this. He's got to. He's got to answer. He I think it might be the anniversary of the, the show, the first episode, or something like that. Great. I think it was because we talked about last episode how, the two other actresses that read for Samantha's part. What show premieres in June? What the hell. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Over the Cons summer. Conspiracy. That is weird. Fucking. Uh, Hamish's stepson's up there like you know it would be good let's light this thing up pink for Sex and City it's my favorite show it's probably pink for only fan, for the OnlyFans model yeah we need something to watch while we all sit here and wait I mean what are we supposed to do you know yeah I gotta I gotta do something with the time here fucking Chad Hamish this is the only channel I get, the only channel I get. Chad uh, I'm waiting for Paul now it was he said zero I don't know oh why is I don't know why. Do we know why the Empire State Building is lit up pink? I mean, well, it's got to be. I don't know. I have no what the idea. significance is of Sex in the City? I think it's the anniversary of when the show started. Who gives a shit? There's no hatch on this thing. I would hit. Someone wrote, uh, "Gail Gardner, a child supporter." I would hate to be the person that has to open that hatch. And then Lisa Lee Lee Blue said, "There is no hatch." How does? There's got to be. You got to open something, right? You know, they get, I don't know, it's weird how they, they get in and it gets like nailed shut or something. I don't know. Nailed shut. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The hell is that? It, it's uh, it's nutty. I don't know. Uh, all right. Again, it's, it, it is not a, like everything, like, it's like the Wright Brothers plane versus a Boeing 747, you know? Like the technological advancements that we're at today with airplanes versus that first one, this yeah. is the fucking Wright Brothers plane. Yeah, this is the one that didn't make it off the that had all those remember all those wings. <laughs> the ten wings that just immediately crashed. Yeah, <coughs> right. God, what are they doing? Yeah, and Paul confirmed it is the anniversary of Sex in the City. Yeah, is there a? There's got to be a Seinfeld. I, I don't know what color you would use for Seinfeld. Shit brown. <laughs> Shit brown. Yeah, because everything is kind of negative with them all the time. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. No Chad Hamish. Logo colors. Is, what's the logo? I don't know. Red. It was always different colors, blue. wasn't it? I yeah. I guess there's no real significant colors there. Yeah. But uh, again, we're keeping an eye on this thing. I hope you guys, I'm sure everybody is, but we'll, uh, we'll get you as much information as we can. Hopefully, In a fun way. 
uh, hopefully we can it'll be a positive note this thing will end on a positive note and they'll be able to find these people alive and well that's the hope i you know that it doesn't look great right now but there's always hope you have to hope right i mean that's what the coast guard guy was saying today they're like how whole they kept wanting him to say like we're not finding these people but because like, like that was every media question he's like we're hopeful we're searching rescue people we're always hopeful. Yeah, if there was no hope you have to be what are we even doing here you what do you even do you wouldn't even be trying so hard so yeah there's hope if there's there's oxygen left then there's then there's hope like i said even if it was five days past the time you know they're not alive you're still like you're there's still going to be a little part of everybody that goes oh i wonder if one of them it's some miracle survive you know yeah figured out a way to survive so all right, that's it for us, everybody. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Frankie C, you're brilliant as always. Ah, uh, thank you, sir. Hope Jay Saps feels better. Uh, join, become a member, get a copy of Oval. Link for both in the description below, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Show me potato salad. Maybe we should go now. Go ahead. <laughs>